to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast that's created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So, wherever you're listening from today, I want to say thank you to you. My name is Paul Joy and it is my privilege and my pleasure to be the host of this podcast. It's basically a conversation where we sit down each episode with a yog, a Yarra old grammarian, and we talk a little bit about their experiences of their time at school, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the twists and the turns, and then eventually we start to talk a little bit more about what life has taught them after leaving Yarra, and often how the foundations and the principles learned during their time at school have impacted and influenced and assisted them to make the most out of life. It's a great adventure. This conversation with Bianca Cubitt from the class of 2013. An acknowledgement, a hark back to some of her memories, some of the great moments of her time. And we laugh together and we appreciate some of the funny moments in her experience and also very much how her time at school has absolutely influenced what she does and how she applies the skills and things she learnt at school to her everyday, literally her everyday life today. Normally, those of you who are familiar with this podcast would recognise that we have a chat, we have a conversation and then often I would finish with the lightning round. Well, just to mix things up in this episode, we're going to start with the lightning round and I'm going to begin by asking Bianca Cubitt from the class of 2013... What house were you in when you were at Yarra? I was in Hughes. And were Hughes any good back in your day? Oh, probably not if I was in there. (laughs) What would you say was your biggest or best contribution to house activities? Oh, do you know what? Probably staying away from any of the swimming events was my best contribution. (laughs) And and we're going to dig deep right up the front here. Did you do anything in particular to get away from going in those swimming activities? Like, did you get a note written or anything? No, I honestly didn't. I was just really bad at swimming and they just knew to keep me away from the pool. <laughs> well, well done to uh, the, the team captains and the team leaders for keeping you out of the water by the sounds. Exactly. What year level did you start at Yarra? So I started when I was in year seven. Excellent. And, and what was it like in those early days? Was it overwhelming? Was it exciting? Was it fear and trepidation? What was it, an, an emotion you think you might have felt? I think it was a bit of everything. I was super eager and excited, but also it was a new experience. So I was a bit nervous as well. But, you know, you have, just have to throw yourself into the deep end. And I really loved it. From the day one, I absolutely loved my experience at Yarra. Siblings, older, younger, and what year level? How many years ahead or below were you with them, than them? My older brother, Sean, was in the year level above me, so we're actually quite close and we work together now as well, and I think much to his dismay, we're in the same friendship group with all of our Yarra friends still as well. Very good. Um, I wonder whether you have a particular musical or a performance that you remember that you might have been in or that you got to sit in the audience for. 
So I actually did the makeup for majority of the senior production. So I think from about year 10, I was doing behind the scenes, um, which I absolutely loved. But a definite standout performance would have been Grease. Mm, good fun. And did you do anybody, you know, anybody special um, in terms of the makeup? Were you helping lots of people or did you have a particular person you had to help? No, I was helping the full cast. So I was doing all the foundation, all the base kind of makeup with everyone. And I had an absolute ball. It was such a fun experience to do. That's great. Tell me if you can remember back in the day, what would we likely to see in your lunchbox if we were to open it up while you're at school? Oh, I can't say there would have been a lot because I was definitely all about the calf. The food there was unreal and I still think about the pizza to this day. So if, if there's a go-to at the calf, what would it be? Definitely the pizza. That was my number one. Excellent. Um, I think I know the answer to this one, but if you had a choice and you can't say neither, house swimming or house athletics? Athletics, 100%. And did you have a pet event? No, honestly, whatever they threw me into, I just had to toughen up and do it. <laughs> uh, good work. Do you have a favourite quote, something that was a, a bit of a motivator or maybe even now might be something you have on the wall, might be something you write in your journal, a, a favourite inspiring quote? So I actually saw an author called Mark Manson at a networking breakfast last year and or the year before, sorry, and he spoke about um, the paradox of changing so what he was saying was that you know if you narrow down your options in life um, whether it's to do with work or you know choosing your favorite cereal if you have all of those options in front of you you'll never really be satisfied unless you narrow it down to two because if you have only two choices out of a possible ten you always know that you want one more than the other and I've really applied that to my everyday life now so even with the design work that I do for work, I always like to limit my options for the customers to about two because you know that they'll always go for one more than the other rather than giving them a bit of free reign. Yeah, so giving them five or six or eight options is too many. Yeah, definitely. So I think, and it works really well. Ever since I heard him say that, I really like resonated with it and I just thought it was a really incredible way to live your life and it kind of makes you want to live with no regrets then because you know that you're always going to be satisfied without dwelling on the past. I love that. When we can, is there a travel destination that you have been to and, and enjoyed or that you would like to that's on your list, somewhere you'd love to either recommend or love to go somewhere, anywhere in the world? Well, actually, when I was in year 12, I got to do the um, art tour to Italy and that was absolutely incredible, except I would love to go back as an adult who enjoys wine now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine the experience could be somewhat different travelling on your own, maybe with some friends as an adult, as opposed to in a, a school group. But nonetheless, the school tour opened your eyes to what's possible. Oh, it did. It was just absolutely incredible. It was one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, being able to go overseas with your group of your closest friends and studying art as well. It was just amazing. I absolutely loved it. Fantastic. Um if I was to come to your place and you were cooking dinner, what is a go-to? What's something that uh, you whip it up as a specialty? Oh, spaghetti bolognese, definitely. I feel like it's always a winner. And you don't have to include me, and that's quite okay, but you can invite any three friends, any three people from history, any three icons 
from any time, any era, what three people would you like to have over for dinner? Well, I have to say Harry Styles, number one. Um, I would probably... It's a really hard question. I would probably then have to go to... Oh, I'm, I'm going to go with all the pop stars. I'd go like Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. I just want to be their friends. <laughs> An interesting combination. And would you have a bit of a sing-along? Oh, I mean, they can entertain me. I'll just watch. <laughs> Fantastic. Bianca Cubitt from the class of 2013. Thank you. That's a, a quick overview and, uh, and, and some smashing little insights. And now we're going to head into the main body of the interview. Thank you so far. Thank you. So we're chatting with Bianca Cubitt from the class of 2013. And, and Bianca, in our lightning round just then, you mentioned that you started in year seven and that was exciting for you. It wasn't necessarily overwhelming, but you were just raring to go. Perhaps having a, a, a an older sibling just a little older than you, a year older than you, um, might have helped give you some confidence uh, in coming. But I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about any trips or excursions or camps from those kind of middle school days that stand out to you? I remember going on the Year 9 camp and it was the one where you had the option to choose whatever camp you wanted to go on and I went on a horse riding camp and there was about like 14 of us girls that all went together and it was just such a beautiful experience. We all got to bond and learn how to ride horses together and we did this really gorgeous trail that was all in the countryside and went camping. I'm not much of a camper either, but I just remember it being such a fun time. Excellent. And and those experiences that, that kind of take you out of your comfort zone and it's very pleasurable because you're not doing any of the work, the horse is doing the work, but you get to appreciate it along the way. Um, but year nine is often seen as a really challenging year. How, on reflection, how, how was your year nine? You know, you say the chance you had to, to bond and connect and that's important. Um, were there some kind of push and shove going on as well, whether it be socially or hierarchically in terms of, you know, who was the smartest, who was the best, who was the fastest, who was the prettiest? Did that kind of happen in your experience? Honestly, not in my experience at all. I'm very much a go with the flow kind of person. And I just, you know, hung around with my friends, had a great time, didn't really let studying or anything else affect me too much. I just kind of went with it. And I remember having a great time in year nine because we got to go into the, like the really cool year nine buildings at the time that had the hot water and the microwave. So, you know, we felt a little bit older at the time as well, but it was, I had a really great time. There are certainly those rites of passage that, that people look forward to and, and rightly so that that's the point. After that year nine, you move into senior school. And what are some memories of senior school? For example, what subjects did you start to kind of head towards? Because you can have much more, uh, I guess, strategy around which subjects you choose and you've got more choice and more, you know, you're able to determine what you'd like to pursue. Were you math science? Were you performing arts? Were you in the um, visual arts? Were you maybe in humanities or English? So I was definitely in the visual arts and um, more of the um, computer kind of media subjects as well. So I definitely tried to stray as far away as I could from maths and science. I didn't want to be near either of them. We had a few curriculum um, subjects that we had to choose and I absolutely dreaded them. However, I found my passion for textiles, for media, for visual art in general throughout the senior school years. 
Beautiful. And I think that's so important for for young people or parents of young people who might be listening to this is that the idea, the notion of pursuing your passion, something you're interested in. And it sounds like for you, your family background gave you permission or gave you support to to follow what you wanted to follow. Definitely. My parents have been really supportive. You know, I was never the top student when it came to academics at all, except I always had a real drive and passion towards visual arts. And I may not have been the best artist, but it was something that the school, you know, really looked at and tailored towards my passion and helped me grow into the person that I am today. So I'm really, really grateful that my parents, you know, gave me the opportunity to talk to them and see what I actually wanted to do, what I may have wanted to get into into the future and, you know, see how those experiences have turned me into the person that I am now. Excellent. And and I'm looking forward to unpacking a little bit more about who you are and, and what you're doing now. But I wonder if, take us back into the art room, the, the visual arts, is there a particular piece of work that you're especially proud of? Maybe maybe you worked really hard on something, maybe it was a long-term project or maybe 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 you weren't happy but you got a great result or the other way around. You loved it but it didn't kind of get the sort of credit that you were pre- thought that it might have. Definitely. So I think my proudest achievement, and it's probably one of my all-time proudest achievements of my life, was that I actually won the DeBortoli Print Design Award in 2013. So I have that framed in my room above my bed at the moment. And, you know, it was just such an incredible experience. And I remember, like, when we got the brief for it, thinking, oh, yeah, you know, it's just another brief, another module for our Certificate for in Design. But the day that we had our exhibition and we found out who the winner was, I was just really proud that, you know, my artwork was in an exhibition that I didn't even think that I was one of the options to win this award. So when my name was called, it was just an overwhelming experience. It was really, really exciting. That's so special. What a, a great memory. Now, for, for those who might be listening who who perhaps, and I don't know how long that particular project or competition has been around but there might be some people listening who don't understand or or who don't remember what that's about can you tell us a little bit about that particular design brief and, and effectively what you had to do so the design brief was we had to be inspired by the new south wales riverina um and just kind of go from there the medium that we had to use was um any form of print So we had to do, I think I used um, a lino cut technique where, you know, in the art rooms we had all of these, um, I can't remember what it's called, Um, it was like a stamp almost, Um, and I did this layered technique of stamping over my lino cut um, and made this layered kind of effect of colours that represented the colours of the Riverina. So they were the colours that I saw when I got found the image that I was inspired by and kind of ran from there. And I remember I did about like 50 different prints and had to like sift through all the different ones. And it was a really fun experience. It wasn't one of those projects that I was dreading to do because I really enjoyed the process that it took to do it. And ultimately the design was to wrap around a bottle, wasn't it? Is that right? So we just had to do the print and then we had some judges come in while we were at other subjects and have a look through all of our mounted artworks 
and they were the ones who chose what ones they thought would be, or which one they thought would be the best label. Um, so no one knew what it would look like on the actual wine bottle. We knew that it was going onto a wine bottle if we won. However, I don't think any of us really went in with the expectations of winning. So it was a really nice surprise. And then, you know, when I found out that I had won, they presented me with the actual bottle. And seeing the way that they had displayed it and, you know, the way that they put the text over the top of everything and the description that they used on the back of it as well, it was just mind-blowing. It was a really great experience. How good is that to see some of your own artwork, something that you've created, you've, you've been inspired to, to, to make, and then be effectively at a professional level on a product that that people will go and buy. I mean, I, that, that is really fulfilling. They're very satisfying. Oh, it definitely is. It was just a really incredible experience, and it's one I'll never, ever forget. So you focused on art and visual art and design during your senior years. What happened next? Once you left Yarra, where did that lead to in terms of university, courses, training, and, and maybe even to the point of where, where are you today? What are you doing today? So when I left school, I got into a university course of doing my um, Bachelor of Media and Communications. Um, I started off doing it at Deakin University, um, and I think I was there for about a year and a half before I decided to take a bit of a step back I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to start working full-time. Um, so from there, I started working full-time um, and eventually got a job at Holden doing um, social media advising there, which I absolutely loved. Um, after my time there, I had a discussion with my parents and they asked if I wanted to come on board to work with them at um, Catton Industries, which is my family's business, being a sheet metal manufacturing company. From there, they said, you know, if you come back, we would love for you to do marketing with us. Um, however, would love for you to go back and do some studies and finish your degree. So I went back and started studying online with Swinburne um, and finished my, media, my Bachelor of Media and Communication, uh, majoring in social media marketing, um, which the course is a lot more tailored to the modern day. So I think in that space of, you know, three to five years, social media has just evolved incredibly so it's very different to how it was when I first started to how it is now which I was really really lucky that I got to tailor a lot of my um, assignments towards my everyday work life as well because I had all of that experience um, and then from there when I came on board my parents knew that I obviously had a passion for design um, and we decided we would start our own little side business called Latink, where we do customised outdoor furniture, garden screens, garden ornaments and homewares um, using the knowledge that I had how to use um, applications such as Illustrator and Photoshop. They then trained me into actually being a laser operator there as well. So I draw up a design on Illustrator and then convert it to a laser file, program the laser, and then away we go and start cutting things out. So that's kind of how I've moulded into who I am and where I am now. Um, and about two months ago, it was a really, really proud moment of our lives. We opened up a showroom. So Latink was predominantly an online store. 
However, we wanted to, you know, showcase the beautiful Australian-made outdoor furniture, garden screens, and everything else in between, um, where people can come in and get inspired. Um, all of our stuff is customizable, so you know, it's all well and good seeing it online in photos, but we really want our customers to, you know, come in, touch it, feel it and get inspired and have a chat with me about what they want next for their gardens or out, outdoor space and we'll go from there. Wow, what a journey because some would argue, although less and less today, but to go and study social media uh, and marketing, well, maybe the social media side of it, once upon a time that would have been a bit of a game, a bit of a play. Are you serious? Like there's really, but nowadays so much of what we um, are encouraged to explore and consider and, and you know, what, what we like and, and, and even we're told what we like some of the time and there's so much to that form of marketing um, and, and you know what's going on there and, and in fact, you're one of those influencers who's helping uh, us to decide what we love, what we like and, and you're putting things in front of us to help maybe steer us in your direction. Is that is that the idea of it? Definitely is. I remember when I was in high school um, and I would be on Facebook or MySpace or when Instagram just started, I was always scrolling through my phone and I remember my dad saying to me, you need to get off social media. You're never going to get a career in it. And I'm a pretty stubborn person. So of course I wanted to prove him wrong that I could and I would get a career in it in the end. And I remember when I got my job um, at Holden as a social media advisor, he looked at me and he goes, you really did prove me wrong. <laughs> so it was a really great experience, you know, being able to have a bit of a told you so moment to my own parents. But social media is just an incredible evolving tool. And, you know, we've been able to build up our Latink brand through the power of social media and the reach that it, the different platforms can get is just absolutely overwhelming. It's a really, really incredible tool that, you know, obviously there's a negative side towards it, but I just look at the positives of it and I just think it is where the world is going this day. Hmm. There's a lot of things that you've just said there that I love. I love that your your dad had his dad hat on and was concerned for his daughter that, you know, social media your phone that's not going to lead anywhere and I, I totally understand that as a as a dad as well but I also love that he was able to kind of step back from that and go you know what you've done it and congratulate you in that and celebrate you in that and and as you say acknowledge I told you so that moment is is a beautiful thing um I also appreciate and and you're quite right that nowadays uh social media is a very powerful force for good and for uh, evil, but I think it's a little bit about what you choose to look for, what you choose to see, and and it, that is the case in most things in life. If you choose to look at the good, if you choose to look at the positive, the uplifting, uh, and and those things that are going to build you, then that's what you'll find. If you're looking for the negative, if you're looking for down in the the dumps, then you're going to get that as well, and and. I guess the, the, the algorithms that are behind social media reinforce 
those those very ideas and that, those concepts. Tell me a little bit about Latink in terms of the name. It's an interesting, catchy, what does it mean? Where does it come from? So my mum's Croatian and her name is Latinka. And we were trying to think of, you know, she was trying to think of a name for this company that we weren't really too sure what we were going to do at the time. You know, we knew we had a laser, we knew we had the ideas and we had the machinery, but we didn't really know how we were going to execute it, what we were going to execute. Um, so we thought, just drop the A, we'll just make it capital L, capital T, and we kind of went from there. But it's a nice, catchy little name, and I think it definitely, you know, shows who we are as people as well. The entire purpose of Latink is, you know, it was a wish for us. We've, it was always, you know... At the back of our mind, you know, growing up, we'd always talk about, you know, owning a store together or running something that's nice and beautiful that we can personalise for people, but we just didn't know how we would showcase this. Um, and it's definitely my mum behind all of that. She's the ideas woman behind absolutely everything we do. So it's just absolutely perfect naming it after her. That's so good. I, I love that. I think that's great. Let's uh, let's head back into your Yarra experiences. And you started year seven, went right through to year twelve, um, and and you got into a course that you were interested in, and and that has obviously led to now doing something that you're you're passionate about, that you love to do, and you have the both the privilege, sometimes the pleasure, maybe the challenge of working with family, and sometimes that works really well, and and I imagine that there are other times when that could be tricky. Tell me a little bit about growing up in terms of suburb. What was family life like? How did you get to school? Um, and what was the the family uh, intention around school? And, and was there a drive, drive, drive to, to, to do your best or to be the best? Or was it more, I don't know, encouraging, nurturing, supportive? Tell us a little bit about home life in the Cubitt family. So I lived in Warrenwood and it was a nice 20 minute walk from school so my brother and I walked to school every single day rain hail or shine um, we tried to you know catch a lift from some of our friends and they would see us walking past give them a little nod so they knew that they could pull over and pick us up if they wanted to um, and you know my growing up experience I come from a very close family my immediate family which is myself, my brother, I have an older sister as well, and my parents, we're very, very, very close. We're almost inseparable, and, you know, someone in my mid-20s, I definitely spend way too much time with my parents, but I couldn't think of it any other way. Um, my school life, they just wanted us to do our best. So, you know, every parent wants their child to be that A-plus superstar, if, if they can, but... That was never going to be, that was never me. I was never really interested in that side of things. So I think it took a little bit of, you know, learning for all of us to see what path we all kind of went down. So my sister was a qualified scientist, um, now working in quality with our family um, business. My brother, he went to university for a semester and it wasn't for him. Um, he became a qualified plumber 
and then from there he works um, production manager at the floor um, in our family business as well and then there was me who very much the arty one who did the social media and everything that kind of seemed like to a lot of people a bit of a fluff kind of subjects and all of that but they saw the passion and drive behind the three of us on whatever we wanted to do and they really just wanted us to be the happiest that we could be and really nurtured us to you know follow our dreams fantastic that's that's so good tell me a little bit about meal times at home I, I think i think more and more families don't eat around the table together and i think in my role and and most people who listen to this would know that I'm I'm the school chaplain at Yarra Valley Grammar. It's a, a role that I love and I get to journey with people through the highs and great celebrations, but also some challenges in life. And and part of that unfortunately is is sometimes through family breakdown and, and separation and and the, the challenges that, that brings, not only to the, the adults involved, but the, the children as well. And I have a notion or a, an idea or a theory that that families who who eat together, where the meal time is significant and important, and even if it's just a normal meal, and and you know whether it be spaghetti bolognese or whether it be a mum's roast or whatever, but actually sitting down around a meal table together regularly is a helpful thing. It sounds like you've got a family that some people would look at and go, "Wow, like." That's amazing. I, I'd love my 20-year-old to enjoy spending time with me. Um, and, and, and for you as a, as a young person to say, I love spending time with my family, that, that sounds beautiful. What are some of the foundations behind that, do you think? And just I'm just testing a theory. Do meal times have anything to do with that, do you think? Well, growing up, you know, we all had our different sports schedules. So we, my brother and I both played basketball. My sister's eight years older than us. So she, you know, was in and out. She was an adult when we were teenagers. Um, and, you know, she was with her now husband and just living her life as well. However, we've always been one of those families that sat around the dinner table at dinner time despite all of the different you know, schedules that we had going on, we'd always try and make time that we could sit together. Um, now, obviously, living our own busy lives, it's a little bit more difficult. However, whenever there's a major event or even just a Sunday afternoon or something like that, if mum wants to do a family lunch, we'll always all be there. So despite spending you know, five days a week at a full-time job all together, we will always go and have our family lunches on a Sunday or if there's a dinner that we need to attend, we'll all be there. But, you know, even all working together, it's actually a little bit lame, but, you know, we still all have lunch together and we sit together. So me moving to the showroom has been a little bit challenging. You know, my mum's always calling over to my line, being like, I miss you, where are you? Like, you'll see me in a minute, it's fine. I'm not that far away. But... Um, we had my niece come and work with us yesterday um, and she spent the day with me because it's a bit quieter over here so she could do what she wanted to do. Um, and at lunchtime, the entire family came over and we all sat down and had lunch together and it was really beautiful. So we are very, you know, family orientated and I think definitely credit to my mum because, you know, she's 
uh, like I said, she's Croatian. She's brought up with great family values and she's really been the one that's a glue for all of us to ensure that we're always all together. So it's, yeah, definitely credit to her. Good on your mum. Shout out to mum. And and I love that. It's reinforced for me the value of making the time, going to the effort to gather around a meal table. I think that's that's really important. And I love that you still do it so regularly. And and as you say, though, lives change and there's commitments and, you know, people have got. But I think families who, and, and I guess this is, Bianca, you're a, a product of your parents who put the work in. I'm also a product of, of my parents who put the work in. And my mum, and shout out to my mum too, once a week, it's roast and my siblings and their partners and the children all come back together to grandma's house, my mum's house, and we have uh, have dinner together. And it's it's really important to keep those connections where we can. And, and I appreciate it's a challenge for some, and but I really think that if you listening to this, if you are early in your family life in terms of your own children, your own family, I think regular meal times together is part of the glue that keeps families uh, stuck in in all the right ways, in all of the beautiful ways. Tell me, Bianca, you, you told me, again, we're going back to school. Um, from a social perspective, who did you hang out with? Where were, Who were your people? Who were those who influenced you? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you were vibrant, you're energetic, you're enthusiastic, you kind of roll with the punches a little bit, but was there a, a group who shaped you and your character? So I'm actually still best friends with my two best friends from high school. So Emma Turner and Lillian Underhill, and they have been my number one since I met them pretty much. And the three of us, like I said, you know, all go through life and whatever, but I always bounce back straight to them anyway. And they've just been the best. So I think I met both of the girls when I was in year eight. And from there, we've really been inseparable. However, I was also really close with my little C4D family at the time. And, you know, having the support of people who are so like-minded and creative that you can get inspired by was always such a beautiful experience for me as well. So I absolutely love all of my C4D family as well. So I've been very lucky. I love it. I love it. We're, uh, we're getting close to um, having to draw our conversation to a close and, and I must confess there's a number of things that I would love to keep talking to you about after we, uh, we say goodbye. But I wonder if in the midst of your life, schooling and since, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, it's a really good question. It would probably just to be, you know, keep moving forward. You know, every single day you're going to wake up and tomorrow's a new day, so no point dwelling on the past. Just got to keep moving forward and, you know, you never know where you can take yourself. We're recording this early 2021 and we'll look back on 2020 and there'll be some relief. There'll be some change that happens as a result of, I think, and at this stage, we don't know what 2021 holds. And of course, we never do. But now more than ever, we've we've embraced the idea that we really don't know what's coming. But whether it's your social media perspective and, and your ability to stay up to date with things, whether it's your your youth and your enthusiasm for what's on trend and, and your ability to pick the market, what do you predict for 
the, the, the next 12 months, the next three years in your life. If things go really well for you, what's happening in three years' time? Well, I mean, we would love to keep expanding and growing Latink. We want, you know, we just want the best for the company and we want to just keep growing it. And, you know, I would love to open up showrooms all around Australia and be able to travel everywhere and help people out and get inspired and find their perfect piece for their outdoor setting. That would be my absolute goal. Um, I think as well as that on a personal kind of thing is to keep working as well as I do with my colleagues and my family. Um, Like I've said many times throughout this podcast, you know, I absolutely adore working with them. And, you know, obviously we have those days and it's not easy always working with your entire family, your immediate family, as well as my parents as well. It's all, you know... It, it, it's not always easy. However, I, we just work really well together. And if that can just keep going and we can keep growing, then that's all I ask for. Beautiful. I'm going to offer a phrase to you that, that may resonate, that may sound familiar, and I, I want you to tell me what it means and then tell me what it means. And the phrase is Lavavi Oculus. It's our school motto. Do you recall it? Do you know what it means literally and What does it mean? I sure do remember it. It means lift up your eyes. And to me, I think it always just means, like I said before, you know, you just got to keep moving forward. If your eyes are down, you're going to keep looking down. If your eyes are up, you're just going to keep walking forward. And, you know, if there's something that's happened in the past or something that you might keep dwelling on, there's no point looking down if you're not going to be able to move past it, you know? So I think if you just keep moving forward, then... The sky's the limit. Mm. I love that. I appreciate that. And I think that there is something aspirational about that that motto, that phrase, and both our location and where we are and, and our eyes looking to the hills and that notion of there's more to life out there. Let's keep moving forward, experiencing it, looking around and, and being alert to it. I, I think you, you, you're spot on. As we draw to a close, and I think I said that a little while back, but I've got so many more questions. Um, who or what inspired you? This this is called the Inspired by Yarra podcast. As you reflect on your time, particularly at school, uh, it might have been a moment. It might have been uh, an experience. It might have been a person or uh, a program that you're part of. Who or what inspired Bianca Cubitt from the class of 2013? I think reflecting back on my high school experience, there's definitely one teacher who, you know, taught me what I use every single day today, which was Emma de Guzman. She, you know, was an absolutely incredible teacher and she was, you know, more of a friend to me than a teacher. We always had a laugh together. We always had a bit of a gossip together. But, you know, realistically, I got absolutely everything that you know, all of this back knowledge that I apply to myself on a daily basis because of the classes that I learned through her. So I think she's definitely helped inspired me. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that at the time you might not realise what you're learning or if there's even a reason that you're learning something. And then, you know, 10 years down the track, you're all of a sudden using this application every single day and you think to yourself, how do I remember all of these little keys or these shortcuts or everything else? And it's because of the classes that you learn in high school. 
Excellent. And, and it is also because you have continued to use them and, and keep them front of mind and they become second nature. Um, that's a really good thing. Um, I will make sure that uh, Mr. Guzman, Mrs. de Guzman uh, gets a copy of this and she'll listen and uh, a little shout out there at the end. I, lo- I love that too. Well done. My final question, and it's a two-pronged question as we, uh, draw, we really do draw our time to a close, and that is, um, what question do you wish I had asked? And then once you answer that question, answer that question. Um, I wish you asked the location and the times that our showroom is open, <laughs> um, which I can help you out with. So Go on then. Our Latink showroom is located at 1-5 Corporate Boulevard, Bayswater. Um, we're open Monday to Saturday, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. And you can come in, have a chat with me and, you know, find your perfect outdoor piece. You might not see it on the floor, but know that we can make it for you. Everything's locally manufactured a minute down the road at Catton Industries. So, you know, we're here to help you guys. And this edition, this episode of the podcast, proudly sponsored by Latink. And if you go down to Latink and uh, speak with Bianca then uh, and mention that you heard uh, about it on the Inspired by Yarra podcast, they'll especially look after you very well. We'll make sure we extra look after any Yarra family. Don't you worry. (laughs) Fantastic. Bianca Cubitt from the class of 2013, we thank you for your time. Thanks for your storytelling. Thanks for your passion and enthusiasm for life and your appreciation and recognition of some of the tools, some of the foundational principles that you learnt at school and at home and how you're applying them to to be a great success today. Congratulations and we thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And there you have it. Like I mentioned, a fun, interesting, fascinating conversation with Bianca from the class of 2013. Obviously somebody operating and working with passion, somebody who loves her family. And I think that's sadly not as common as what we might want it to be, but certainly Bianca and her family share a really rich connection and relationship where they work together and enjoy spending time together. A really pleasant reflection on building foundation and building principles. And as I mentioned partway through the conversation, I think a lot of that has to do with how parents value the meal time. Anyway. Just a thought, just a reflection. You would be aware that we have a growing library of conversations not dissimilar to this one, full of inspiration, full of insight and story and reflection on our Yogs, Yarra Ogramarians, and their time at this great school and some of the lessons that life has taught them along the way. We would love you to share this particular episode and in fact our whole series to other people who you think that might enjoy the the antics, the stories, the observations and the reflections, whether they have a connection to Yarra Valley Grammar or not. There's lots of content and valuable insight and story in these episodes. I encourage you to stay connected to the YOG community and I hope you'll join us next episode when we get to sit down again with another yog, a Yarra old grammarian, and see how they too have been inspired by Yarra. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone at Yarra, and especially those who work behind the scenes to pull these episodes together and to share them with you, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you go out there with intentionality 
to make a positive impact in the world around you. Mm-hmm.